So at one point in my life, I had three almost adult women living in my house. And I will tell you, in that time, I learned more about women's clothes and the need for closets than I can even begin to tell you. There are skirts, shorts, skorts, leggings, yoga pants. They are not the same. Split skirts, blouses, slacks, capri pants, pedal pushers, culottes, gauchos, dresses, Mexican dresses, cocktail dresses, jumpers, and ball gowns, just to get started. Now, to be fair, I have so many button-downs in my closet, it's hard to get them in and out. So, you know, our text today talks about us putting on new clothes. And as I was reading that, preparing for this sermon, it, it dawned on me that we have kind of a spiritual closet, and in that we have spiritual clothes. And in our text today, the, the author of the letter to Colossae is saying to us, put on new clothes. This is the last sermon in our sermon series called God Said, and God said, put on new clothes. So our text today comes from Colossians. It's the third chapter, verses 1 through 13. Hear this word. So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever in you is earthly, fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming on those who are disobedient. These are the ways you also once followed when you were living that life. But now you must get rid of all such things, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have stripped off the old self with its practices and have clothed yourselves with the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge according to the image of its creator. In that renewal there is no longer Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you. So also should you. The word of God 
for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So we read in verses 1 through 4, it starts, So, if you have been raised in Christ, what I hear in that is, is if you claim to be a follower of Jesus, then you need to put your mind on things that are above, not things of this earth. You need to be about the things that matter to God. Paul is encouraging us to wear clothes of righteousness, the things that come from God, that reflect God's values. In verse 3, it says, for you have died. We died to our old self, but still we live. So I have to remind you that this entire passage is just filled with imagery about baptism. In the earliest days of the church, people who were new converts would study. And on Easter Sunday, they would come to be baptized. And so they would come literally in their clothes that they had, and they would take them off. They were baptized naked or naked, wherever you're from. They didn't have any clothes on. And they were baptized. And they went under the water, and there was this sort of understanding that your old self died as you went under the water, and then as you came up, you were reborn. Your new self was here. And then the newly baptized gets out of the font, and they put on a brand new, clean, white robe. And that's what happens to us when we come to faith in Christ, is we are given a set of new, clean clothes. Now, the text says something that's kind of confusing to me. It says that our lives are hidden with Christ in God. Uh, I struggle with what it means to be hidden. It, it seems to me that there, there is this understanding that we have sort of a partial life in heaven already. I mean, our lives are secure, right? I mean, our, our faith is, is, is secure. And so there's this part of us that really should be about the next life, not so hung up in this life. I mean, the truth is, it's really kind of a mystery how God is in us and we are in God. So Eugene Peterson's The Message has a really, I think, good explanation of this sort of understanding. And so verses 3 and 4 in The Message say this, and by the way, that's, that is a paraphrase. That is not a direct word-for-word -word translation like the New Revised Standard that we so often read here. So Eugene Peterson says this, your old life is dead. Your new life, which is your real life, even though invisible to spectators, is with Christ in God. He is your life. 
when Christ, your real life, remember, shows up again on this earth, you'll show up too. The real you, the glorious you. Meanwhile, be content with obscurity like Christ. The truth of it is that there is an element of mystery in our faith. I would love to stand here and tell you exactly how it all works, exactly how it all hangs together, but I'm not that smart. We have to embrace this element of mystery that is a part of our faith. We, we can't really know it all. And just let me tell you, if you ever hear a preacher or a Sunday school teacher or somebody, they've got it all figured out, just turn around and run the other way. Because they don't. Nobody does. The fact is that we have to embrace this mystery of our faith, that we don't understand it all completely. Now, I know some of you engineers, that's making you crazy out there. But embrace the mystery of our faith. In the text, the author begins to give us a list of clothes that we should not be wearing. These things of the world. The first list is about things of the world. The second list is about things of the heart. So that first list, he says, do not be about these things. Do not be about fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. The message says this, that's a life shaped by things and feelings instead of God. Th those things, that impurity, th those things are not things of God. Those are things that the world tells us are important. Those are things that the world coaxes us to do. And then the author then turns to matters of the heart. And frankly, the mouth. James's epistle talks about the mouth, the words that we say. And in this text, the things that we're not supposed to be about are anger, wrath, malice, slander, an abusive language that comes from your mouth. Does what come out of your mouth match what's in your heart? In, in verse 8, the, the, the author says we need to get rid of these things. And, and the word that, that they use there means to, like, take off. It's a word you would use to, like, when you were describing taking off your clothes. We need to take these things off and drop them in the hamper and never pick them up again. 
Let me read that list again. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive language coming from your mouth. Now, I have to tell you that the first list, the things of the world, those aren't too terribly hard for me to not be a part of. Most of those things are just wrong. My mama told me so. But, but these other parts, these ones that are from the heart, I struggle with those some, especially now. I mean, I don't know where you all are on this whole pandemic thing, but I am done with it. I'm over it. I don't want to wear a mask anymore, and I wake up every morning a little angry that this is still going on. Almost a year this has been happening to us. And I'm struggling with being a little angry about this. Most of the time I don't direct it to people around me, but I'm struggling with some of these things. You know, humans are the only species on earth that can hurt with words. We can humiliate. We can make people feel bad about themselves. We can hurt. That old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Not always true. Words can hurt. And so my question for you today is, is the words that are coming out of your mouth, what's in your heart? That can be hard for us to let the words of grace, the words of love come out of our mouths. So do your words reflect what's in your heart? What spiritual clothes are you wearing when you speak those hurtful things? The author then reminds us, do not lie to one another. That's old clothes behavior. Your newly clothed self will be renewed. I love that. We read something very similar to that in Romans 12 by the renewing of your mind. I love this idea that, that, that we are renewed as we struggle to become more Christ-like. I mean, I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like that my spiritual new clothes that I got when I came to Christ are pretty beat up, pretty tattered. Maybe they got stains on them. But, but this text tells me that my clothes are renewed. My spiritual clothes of righteousness are renewed as I struggle to become more Christ-like. 
And then the text goes on to tell us this, this famous passage that there is no difference. All are the same. There's no circumcised or uncircumcised. There's no Jew or Gentile. There's no free or slave. Y'all, that's a huge claim. Jesus died for the world, for everyone, not just a select few. And I understand this, that, that when we stand before Jesus on our judgment day, everybody's wearing the same clothes. Nobody has better spiritual clothes than the other. Whether you are a king or a pauper, you stand before God justified by the grace of Jesus Christ. But I love this idea that our faith can be renewed as we continue to try to be more Christ-like. I had a conversation with somebody a couple of days ago who, who wants to be baptized. And I was visiting with him, and he, he had heard, after this Sunday I was visiting with him, and he'd heard this sermon, and he says, that's exactly how I feel. I feel like my old self died, and I have a new self. Some of us are way past that. But, but you have a spiritual closet of spiritual clothes that you can choose to put on. And those clothes can be made like new as you grow in faith. So as one who has accepted the grace of Jesus' invitation to be forgiven, to be made whole, to be made new. You have a spiritual wardrobe. So what clothes do you put on? What spiritual clothes do you choose to put on? Now, I know we all put on our best spiritual clothes when we come to church. What are you wearing out there in the world? What, what, what are you wearing when you go to work or, or when you go to school or when you go to the grocery store? Are you wearing the clothes of the world, the old clothes that are not about the things from above? Or are you wearing your new clothes? The clothes of humility and kindness and compassion. Which ones do you choose to wear each day? Because it is a choice. You can choose what spiritual clothes that you will wear. 
So which ones will you choose? Those of the world or those from above? Let us pray. Gracious God, help us to choose your clothes. Help us to choose compassion, humility, obedience. Help us to be more Christ-like in all that we do. We know, Father, we will never get there, but we will try. We will struggle. We will try to keep our mind and our hearts on things that you value, things that matter to you and to your kingdom. Help us, O God. Help us to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Help us to bring compassion and the good news of your grace into this community. Help us, O God. Help us now. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.